Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farm Her. Welcome to Shining Bright. So our episode today is going to be talking about um, women working from home. Um, there's a term out there, mompreneur. I'm not sure if I'm saying that exactly right. But I connected with a woman not too long ago who is not only running at her own dream, but she's helping other uh, women who want to work from home run after their dreams as well and um, help them form businesses, build businesses, and keeping them accountable. So we're going to talk about all of those things and dig into who she is today. So Camilla, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm such a fan of what you guys are doing with Farm Her, and I just love the whole community. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I have to say, you reached out to me um, through social media, and I always love when those connections happen, if someone's uh, paying attention to what we do. And and we made the connection, and we have a lot of similarities, I think. So before we do anything else, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Are you, are, Did you grow up in agriculture? Where did you come from? Where'd you land? Uh, those types of things. Yeah. So I grew up kind of with a, a wonderful background in agriculture. I grew up in the mountains of Southwest Colorado. So a little different than what you might think of when you think of agriculture, but my family used to have the largest sheep ranch in Colorado and was very active in wool growers and raising sheep. And so Throughout the years, we lost a lot of that land due to depression, just bad decisions. And then um, they built some other businesses out of that. My uncle still raises cattle for weight gain up in the mountains. So it's been part of our family for a long time. And I was blessed to really experience those highs and lows that entrepreneurs go through and families when they're part of that entrepreneurial experience go through. And that was always shared with me. So... I have a really wonderful understanding. I grew up riding horses in the mountains, actually probably before I was walking. And I just really appreciate that whole thing and being part of that and was really fortunate when I met my husband. He actually grew up on a farm in Southwest Minnesota. So I feel like we've brought these two very different aspects of agriculture together and kind of married them into our family And we've spent the last 20 years living in Denver and the city, um, running different businesses. Yeah. So did you, like when you were a kid, did you specifically not want to, you were like, I'm not going to be a farmer. I'm not going to be a rancher. Like this is not for me. So you you went to the city or yeah. Yeah. So I think so. And I think a lot of us do that. I think as soon as both me and John, when we left home, neither one of us were living in rural areas again until just very recently. And we worked for big companies, traveled the world and had amazing experiences and really thrived in that for a number of years. Yeah. And I, I do, I mean, I, I should start to put together numbers of how many people I see who, who uh, did start out their life on the farm and, you know, some of those hardships, those difficult things that you see, uh, your family go through, I think, 
um, you know, can, can push you in the opposite direction. Uh, but most of the time I meet people who have found their way back in one way, shape or form at least. Um, and you know, yeah. I think it's an interesting thing too. And I, I'd be interested to ask you because a lot of times when I'm talking to a group of people, I, w- I want to remind them that however they, if they want their kids to be engaged in agriculture in some way, like how they frame their conversations matters, right? I mean, because while things can be really yeah. difficult, things can be really difficult anywhere you are. Um, some lives are easier than others, but you know, it, it all, if, if you step back and think about it, like, what do you want for your life? Um, you know, and, and so I like to remind women that, you know, you have more, you have more, um, you know, control over, over where your kids go with their future than you probably realize. So did you, did your parents like try to push you into agriculture or not? Or what was your experience with that? You know, I was really, really lucky. My dad's side of the family had a construction business. Um, we actually serviced a lot of rural areas though. That was kind of his niche, but they didn't necessarily encourage me to do one thing or the other. I ended up working in that industry for a really long time and it mm-hmm. did take me away um, from the more rural settings. Yep. But they definitely really wanted me to explore my own. And there was no shame about leaving and venturing out and living in cities and pursuing you know, careers and growing our own businesses in urban areas. Yeah. Which I really came back to it on our own. Yeah. And and I think that makes us all more well-rounded, right. To see all the different parts of pieces of this world out there. Well, we have way more to talk about here and we've got some longer segments coming up to do that. And we're going to dig into where she is now and what types of things she works with other women on. So stick with us here on shining bright by farm her. We will be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are on the phone with Camilla Jean, who uh, was sharing her beginnings in agriculture in Colorado. And um, you married a a guy that was from a farm family in Minnesota, you said. So, uh, Camilla Jean, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of where your journey's taken you since you left Denver and what uh, you've ended up doing as it relates to agriculture now? So, yeah, we just uh, we thought we were going to be there a long time. We were actually purchasing a company. We owned a large portion of a commodities trading business there in agriculture. Um, and we just pivoted. We decided it wasn't for us and we wanted to make a fresh start. So we exited that, sold our part in that business and ended up going back to the Midwest, which was with John and his background in agriculture it was a perfect fit. Like we kind of knew that that was probably where we were going to go. And we went into it very excited and very nervous with any of those transitions. And I agree with you. You mentioned earlier, so many people make that transition when you have young kids and you're looking for a certain type of lifestyle and trying to raise them a certain way. So that is exactly what happened with us. And now we are, you know, remodeling a home out in the country. We are actually, as we speak this week, getting ready for all three of our young kids to show bucket calves at the fair. Uh, and it's 
it's just a throwback to our past and it's been really exciting. Very hard work. I don't know. I think maybe I blocked some of that out. Yeah. Like you t- we all tend to remember like the really good, happy parts. That's the lovely part yes, about absolutely. our brain. Right? That's why we have multiple kids, I guess. Yeah. I'm not real sure. But, I think it's uh, a survival instinct. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back to something you mentioned just a little bit ago. You had another business, you were thriving at something else and you said you pivoted. Um, so do yeah. you, if you want to talk a little bit more about like, um, how yeah. you make that decision to pivot, was it scary? Like, you know, tell me a little bit more about making that change, because I think for all of us, no matter if it's a business, no matter if it's a side hustle, no matter if it's like just an idea that you have or, or something with your family or your life, whatever, that pivot can be really hard. Yeah, it was, it was terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. And we really were doing two pivots at the same time. I was already coaching and working with mom moms who are growing businesses one-on-one and doing that in conjunction with helping John with the commodities trading business, he decided to pivot. So we moved out of that and he went to work for another company. And when we made that move and we made that decision to go to a more rural setting, I realized I was going to have to pivot my business at the same time. So it was a lot. It was a lot of, oh my gosh, what do we do? This is so much. Um, But, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, there's part of you that thrives in that and just grabs the challenge and just runs with it. So I'm pivoting my business to make sure that I can help moms from anywhere. And I'm, you know, changing how I deliver to them. And it's been amazing. I've been able to help so many more. And I've actually had a lot of rural women coming to me that I wasn't able to serve before. And now I can help them with digital courses or more, you know, one-on-one coaching that's just over the phone, you know, really get into specifically what they need, helping them brand and market their businesses so that they can really scale all the different levels. And it's been really fun to start working with women who have more of an agriculture background or they're in a rural setting, or they've moved their kids to a rural setting for that lifestyle. Like it's been amazing to really connect with those women. Yeah. And and it's really the perfect audience if you think about it, because um, they're community driven people, right? And um, they, they may be in a rural setting and they may not have a large group of people physically in front of them. And, um, you know, the economy of agriculture, it swings up and down. So having that uh, yes. diversity in what you do and, and how you bring in income, I think um, matters all the time in, in any lifestyle, but even more so in agriculture when you've got weather and commodity prices and trade and, you know, all those things that can make you take a deep dive, unfortunately, when um, when you least expect it. So, um, yeah. So when people come to you um, and they did they already have their business idea in front of them? And like, are you looking for certain types of businesses? Like they already need to be up and running or do you have people come to you with just like, Hey, I have this idea or tell me a little bit about the types of people that you see and, and what they're looking for. So I've intentionally designed my business, which is something that I do work with people on, but I've intentionally designed it to serve the kind of people I want, which is mom entrepreneurs. That is at multiple stages, but I help moms do exactly what I do. So I designed my business intentionally to match the lifestyle and the goals that we had as a family. Mm -hmm. And I help moms do exactly that. I help them look at their strengths, their experiences, and then really design it from the ground up. But 
that's not just it. Like I stick with them. So then the next phase may be really growing the business, scaling their business, getting their message right, getting clarity in how they're speaking to their customers, engaging with their customers, serving them the way they need to be serving them so they get that fulfillment and they're monetizing because that is the point. So, and sometimes you need that outside perspective. And you mentioned the, you know, the rural setting as well as, I think it's a double blade for mom entrepreneurs in a rural setting. It can get very, very isolating. So, you know, getting ready to actually launch a community that's going to be a place where they can actually interact with each other, build masterminds, collaborate, just get feedback and have somewhere where they can go, where they can actually talk to peers that are in the same boat as them. It doesn't have to be the same business, but that just gets what they're going through. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we hear that and we see that all the time. I mean, you know, you go to Montana and your closest neighbor might be, you know, 30 minutes away down the road. And so those uh, online connections definitely, definitely matter. I mean, there's, there's a number of communities out there for women in agriculture and, and they thrive, man. They, they uh, have a ton of, of in interaction and uh, commenting and stuff. I'm always, um, you know, kind of paying attention to what goes on with those and, and it, and it really does matter. Um, so, uh, are there certain types of businesses like that, um, you see, um, rural moms going into, right? Like, is there certain areas that, that you see, um, works well for those types of women? Well, I think I work with moms in any kind of business in storefronts, and everything, but I'm seeing a lot of them finding ways, really creative ways to do things online. And I, it's a great time that we live in to have those kinds of opportunities. And I think this also dropped some barriers. Just recently, I was working with a mom who was delivering her services the same way and it had to be, you know, just that's how it was. That's how it had always been done. And we sat down and started talking about what are other industries doing? And would this one work? Would this one work? Trying different stuff on. And we found a whole different way to engage with her customers, to provide them value. So basically she's going to six times her business and reduce her workload three times, which is just so exciting and a huge blessing to her family. Yeah. And that it sounds like something we should all want to do. Perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. it's, there's, there's so many, any kind of business will work. But you have to challenge yourself and not get stuck in those ruts and those grooves. You have to really try to get out of those and challenge yourself and flex your business. And every now and then you have to stop working in your business and start working on your business oh, to man. make sure it's where it needs to be and you're not missing something. Most definitely. I know when we talked before, uh, and I can bring people up to speed a little bit about my recent experience in that when we come back from break. Um I went through this Goldman Sachs class and, and it was life-changing and, and forcing you to work on your business. Um, and I'd love to hear some of the tactics that you help push people with, right? Like what are some of the ways that All you right, help them yeah. help themselves? So everyone out there, stick with us. We've got more good stuff coming up here with Camilla Jean on Shining Bright by Farmer. Next week on Shining Bright, you won't want to miss this. I know so many of you out there are engaged in county fairs and state fairs 
all across every dirt road, every rural part of this country, there is a fair somewhere. And we love fairs. We're going to be visiting a few of them. And you're going to hear from some young people, some old people, everything in between about what they are doing at their local fair. And we are back here on Shining Bright. We've been talking with Camilla Jean about uh, her experience in agriculture, uh, landing in rural America as a mom, as an entrepreneur, and uh, the types of women that she helps um, build their dreams as well, which I think uh, we all can attest, like we all we all have our dreams and we all need to run after those as well. Um, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not, but that's just called life, right? And, and how we w- wander through it. So um, when we went to break, I brought up something that I, I have been talking intermittently about on the show recently. And I went through a program. And actually, when I started this program, so so let me back up. FarmHer is a six-year-old business. It wasn't even a business for the first six months. It was just a project. And then uh, I pivoted and turned it into a business and have been kind of running at it arms wide open ever since. And um, so last fall, somebody approached me about um, attending this program. And my first thought was, I don't have the time. And um, my business is doing fine, right? Like it, we're we're successful. We're we're doing good. We're able to pay the bills, you know. And um, then I got some more gentle nudges to apply, and so I did. And I went into this class even thinking like I probably don't need this, and a I don't have the time. Uh, it was a twelve week, really intense course, and I will tell you that um, I spent those twelve weeks working on, not in my business, so putting a lot of things aside, and um, you know, not worrying too much about about when those were going to get done, but really kind of trying to rise up and look at my goals and set some goals, right? Because like we had goals, but they weren't super clear and how we were going to get there. And, and quite honestly, like, I mean, I've been running it everything I could, like my arms have been open really wide, like trying to figure out what's sustainable, what's going to reach the most people, how are we going to um, make the most difference for these women out there and really tell their stories in the best and most clear way. And, um, so it, it has been an experience and I, it, at the end of the last segment, you said, you know, the importance of working, uh, in versus on your business. And that has been such, such a thing for me lately. And one that I, I feel like I'm going to preach to everybody as much as I can, because I think our, our first reaction is always to go, I don't have the time. Um, but let's take this back from talking about an established business to, you know, something that's new, you know, you've got those people out there. And um, I would love to talk a little bit more about when somebody comes to you and they're at those early stages, like how do you help them through that process of, of getting to where they want to be? So one of the things, if you're super early on and I'm working with a mom who knows she wants to do something, she needs to do something, what we first dive into is really understanding her strengths and her life experiences and where she's really thrived, where she's drawn to and what she's passionate about. So the intention there with this first step is to really get comfortable and get really super, super clear on where you love to spend your time, what feels good and where you really create value and you kind of get into that flow zone 
which is actually a technical term, like in psychology and business, is when you're in your flow and you are actually doing something where time just speeds by. We've all had those moments. Mm -hmm. So really trying to identify that and then also moving into your experiences would be the next step after we do your strengths. Looking at experiences you've had in previous businesses or in careers or as a mom or as a spouse, because those experiences are often undervalued and we don't really identify them and find those opportunities in them. So we really analyze that too. And then the third step is we dive into designing a business that is built around those and the needs of your family and really making sure that it's a business that is designed for you, for your family, that's going to meet your goals. Everybody needs to run in their own lane. It's so easy to look at what somebody next to you is doing. So it's really important to know what do I need and what does my family need so that you can run in your own lane. It's always good to see what people are doing around you, but it's still important to stay on track with your own goals. So after really kind of getting the foundation and the design started for a business, then we usually hop into goal setting and there's a whole nother strategy to that. But before you get there, you really have to design the right business so that it's sustainable and you're on a solid foundation that really works for you. Because the truth is when you become a mompreneur or an entrepreneur, your role as a spouse and as a mom and maybe as a parent, those things don't go away. And whether you like it or not, there's a lot of pressure on moms to really be caretakers and be watching out for those others. So to add something to your life, it can actually fill you up and make you better at all those other roles, but it needs to be designed right or it's just not sustainable. Yeah, I think... um probably one of the biggest things is I relate it to my own experience that you just talked about is, is where do you want to spend your time? Um, and even knowing that like, you can't always spend your time where you want to spend your time, right? Like as a small business owner, right? oftentimes you have to run at things that maybe aren't ideal, but, but as you said, having that, um, bigger picture in mind and, um, you know, it, it's a really hard thing sometimes. Do you see people struggling to answer that? Because I know I did. Um, like I was, for the first number of years with Farm Her, I was almost afraid to say where I wanted to spend my time because I wanted Farm Her to be successful. And so like sometimes I worried that like, what if where I want to spend my time is not where Farm Her can be successful at, right? And and that's yeah. okay. Like if that was the case, then, uh, you know, we could have hired somebody else to run the company and, and spend their time where they wanted to spend their time. But I think luckily those paths yeah. have meshed, but but it can be a scary thing to say what you want. And, and do you see women struggling with that? Yeah. Absolutely. All the time. And it comes from different directions. It comes from what you think other people want from you a lot. And I think that this is a common trap for women in particular is we're pretty sensitive to what we think the people around us want or expect from us. And that can really color how we design a business or how we move into any kind of endeavor. So that is a common one I see. Also, I see people having multiple areas of interest and struggling to focus down on one or feeling like they can't let go of any of the pieces and it's, you know, they may need to outsource certain things. Um, But yeah, it's really important that they have somebody to sometimes help them identify where are you filling yourself back up in your business so that you're really adding that creative flair that's totally unique to you 
And then what things do you just really need to hang on to that you can't let go of? And at different phases in your business, that means different things. Yes, for sure. It's interesting though. I've had, um, I've had moms who started successful businesses that weren't really thriving though. And in the end, I have had moms that honestly did what you mentioned. They brought other people in to run those businesses and they were a profit-making business, but they worked very little in that business and they went and put their energy somewhere else. Yes, they have to. You can't just let that go. You've got to keep tabs on it. But things like that do happen. Yeah, They'd worked really, really hard on something, but it really wasn't whether their genius zone or their area of flow existed. So sometimes you have to look at that and you have to have honest conversations with yourself and those around you. Yeah. Honest, honesty, honest conversations. Those are it. Well, this has all been so enlightening and I can't agree more that it is so important for women, for business owners to have somebody that they can tap into as a resource that can, they can consult with, they can bounce against because it can feel pretty lonely out there at times. So if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? So hop on over to my website. I have lots of information over there. And that is at www.camella-jean.com. That's C-A-M-I-L-L-A-J-E-A-N.com. I actually have some free resources if you're interested in really starting that strengths analysis. Yes. And you can also just connect with me there and we can schedule free phone calls if you just want to have those initial conversations with somebody. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on Shining Bright. Thank you. And welcome back to Shining Bright by Farmher. So we have been talking in this episode about mompreneurs. And uh, that's kind of a new term for me. I guess I, I maybe I am one of those as well. I am a mom. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, but talking about, you know, um, some of those ways that we get up and going with our projects, with our passion, uh, whatever that is. And so here on the line, we have got somebody, um, when we did the first part of this show, I immediately thought of of her. And so welcome, Meredith Bernard. Hi, Margie. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. So um, it's been a little while since we've seen each other. Um, for anybody out there listening who watches our TV show as well, Meredith uh, was on during the first season of Farm Her on RFD TV. And we visited you at your farm in North Carolina. Your kids were a little bit younger then. That was probably what, two or three years ago now. Um, and yeah, and we, um, spent a full day. We got soaked in the rain from what I remember. There, (laughs) there was a tiny little princess umbrella involved somewhere. (laughs) Um, There was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Minnie Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I remember, um, you know, this for anybody who ever wonders like what our hair and makeup looks like on the TV show, (laughs) it's me raking my fingers through my hair as it's like drown rat status looking in the window of whatever rental car we had at the time I remember thinking this I don't even know what I'm doing but let's put this on national television um yeah that's not how I how I ever envisioned my little five seconds of fame going yeah, yeah. <laughs> on tv it's okay it's, me- it's memorable 
It was fun. Yeah, yeah. So Meredith, for anybody who uh, maybe didn't see that and doesn't know your story, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you where you live, what you do, a little bit about your background as it relates to agriculture? Sure. So I live on a beef cattle farm with my husband, Lawrence, and our two kids, Wesley and Austin. We are in a little place called Milton, North Carolina. We're right on the central North Carolina-Virginia border. We are farm borders the Dan River. So um, we keep about 110 mama cows and we raise hay just for ourselves. We don't do any, we don't sell any hay, but we raise our own hay and we've started doing some silage the last few years and feeding that every winter. So we've got some corn, corn, a few beans this year and hay. And um, so about six years ago, I quit my corporate job. I was in livestock feed sales for 10 years and Felt called home, so I quit that job and came home and just totally shifted gears completely. I homeschooled my kids, and I also, at the time, when I came home, I started a photography business, which has kind of waned a little bit now, but I still love taking photography, doing photography, and um, I did that and then started a, started writing. I just, once I came home, I found that I had some passions that I didn't realize that I had, that I had never been able to tap into, and that was using my pen and my lens, I say. And so I started a blog and writing and um, I don't know when things led to another. And now I do, I do more stuff on social media and started a YouTube channel and I don't know, a million things. I guess we'll talk about that, but yeah. in a nutshell, a very small, short nutshell, that's who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a few years since I saw you, um, you came to our, maybe our first I Am Farm Her conference here in Iowa a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was. And mm-hmm. um, of course, I I feel like I see you all the time because you're out there at this farm wife on Instagram or other places on social media. I, I spend a lot of my, um, you know, hours that I should be doing something else looking at Instagram. And uh, that, yeah, that's where my kind of happy spot is there. <laughs> and yeah. So I've noticed like a lot of change lately, I guess, or maybe it's just, yeah. I, I've noticed more of you lately. And more. so I would love to, to take it back um, and talk. So, so you really started in photography and tell me a little bit about the evolution of your business, uh, your focus on being an entrepreneur and you're putting yourself out there in the world. Like wh- wh- what was your original plan and, and like, where's it kind of veered off to or, or like shot off to or whatever, however it's best said. Right. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> to be honest, I've never been one for making good plans. Yeah. So I just kind of, um, I was, somebody was talking about this in a group recently about pivoting, how your career and your life just kind of pivots. Yeah. I feel like I've done a whole lot of that and continue to do that. Just one thing leads to another and like unintentional um, pivots. I feel like that happens to me too. And then you look back and you're like, well, I guess it sort of seems like I knew I was going, but I really didn't. I know I did. I had no clue. Like if you told me 10 years ago that I'd be doing what I'm doing today, I I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have probably believed you because you, I wouldn't have seen all of the different things laying out the way they have. So when I first started my photography business, I lived on a farm. I love taking pictures and I just decided I wanted to take it to another level and teach myself how to take pictures with a big girl camera and that's what mm-hmm. I call it. Yeah. yeah. Learn to shoot, you know, uh, you did the same thing, right? Yeah. Basically yeah. Kind of I, I did have, and, 
I well, I did get a degree in it. I like, but I didn't oh, use okay. it. For, I didn't I'm use it for like ten years. You know, so it was okay. kind of like starting over. Yeah. On a side note, real right. funny, real funny thing about a big girl camera that something that happened last night. My dog will not let me take pictures of her on my phone. I don't know what's wrong with her. She's like camera shy. <laughs> she she like you point the phone at her, she looks away. Like you can't get a picture of her. So I had my big girl camera out last night. She doesn't know what it is, so she lets me take her picture all the time. Look. You know, oh, I, I apparently need to get my big girl camera out more. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I do too. Yeah. So anyway, so you, you'd started taking more pictures and so, teaching yourself. Yeah, I did that. I started taking pictures of families on the farm, seniors, kids, whatever. One thing led to another, and I ended up uh, doing some second shooting for some weddings for a friend in the area, and then I started going out on my own and doing weddings, and then I was hiring second shooters, and as of last year, I decided I'm not going to do weddings anymore, and I won't say forever, because I, yeah. I've learned to never say never, but <laughs> I'm with you there. it got to be so much. Yeah. So, uh, so I was doing weddings, and um, I did babies for a while, and I just decided that I just really wasn't in love with those things. When my passion starts to wane, yep. if I'm not loving it or enjoying what I'm spending so much time doing, even if the money's good, I just can't. If my heart's not in it, I just I can't do it. So I'm with you. <laughs> kind of how I got where I got to with starting I mean, quitting my corporate job. So, so then, like I said, I had done some writing and um, and then really social media. Going back to social media, I just I had made some connections. I started really kind of pushing um, things on the ag spectrum and sharing more of my farm life and relating that to life in general. I don't know, about three years ago or so, I kind of shifted my blog to focus on that. and Still photos and, and words, right? Ag- yes. Yeah, yes, at that point. Photos yep. and words. And, yep. and then I found, um, I found ag Twitter, which is kind of a, a funny place. But it's unique. <laughs> it's a, You're right. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. And I, I really, I made some good connections there that have actually led to more writing opportunities. That's how I'm, I write for Progressive Farmer now and another digital magazine, Ag Now. And, um, and I write for, I write for a local magazine as well. That's, it's a quarterly magazine, but I, I have two or three pieces in there every time. Yeah. Yeah. So I get, to, and I get to use my photography in relation to that. And I love that. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Let, let's hold that. We have to go to break here, but I want to okay. jump more into this journey because what I hear you saying is, um, you just started putting yourself out there a little bit and the ball started rolling and then it got a little bit bigger and a little right. bit bigger. And, and I definitely can right. relate to that as well. So um, everybody stick with us. We're going to come back and talk more with Meredith about how she has pieced some of these things together, how she's dealt with that ball rolling and getting bigger and bigger and um, all the stuff on the in between. So stick with us. We'll be right back here on Shining Bright. This is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives 
by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. And we are back here talking with Meredith Bernard of Farm Her in North Carolina. And Meredith, when we went to break, you were telling us, um, you know, kind of this progression was going on where you, you've you started writing for some more places. Um, and, and I'm excited to hear more like about how this kind of expansion kept going. Okay. So, yeah, like I was saying, I kind of, I, I found a lot of connections through being on Ag, Ag Twitter. Um and then, and I was also sharing things on a Facebook page, and I had an Instagram page too, but it wasn't really gaining a lot of traction because I wasn't spending time there. One thing I have learned, mm-hmm. you're going to grow where you spend time. I mean, that's just, yeah. that kind of goes for life. The thing, you know, where you, where you focus your time and your attention is where you're going to grow. Yeah. So I really, I really started finding that Instagram, like you said in the very beginning, is your happy place. I've found that Instagram is my happy place. Mm-hmm. It is a place where I can go and get encouraged, um, find, still be able to find like-minded people and people that connect with me and that I can relate to. I think that's the biggest thing is just finding those people, connecting, engaging, which you hear that all the time, but it really is true. <laughs> we have to engage. We have to engage with people that are liking and commenting on a post and, and do the same with their post. And I'm not saying I don't, I'm not in this whole follow for follow kind of thing or just following people hoping they'll follow me back. I don't do that. I've never done that. And I don't plan on doing that. Um, It's just organically grown. I have had some, I've doubled in the past few months and I don't, I don't, there's not a magic pill. All I can say is that I'm spending more time there. I'm finding those connections. I'm sharing more, um, I believe on Instagram, stories are a good thing. And I think people, more people are watching them than people realize. And some people seem to think, well, if you have a million stories, you know, that turns people off. I don't, I don't really think so. Yeah, no, (laughs) I love watching stories. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I think we're in an age, and this goes with YouTube too, where people are not watching TV. They're they're on their phones. They're watching YouTube videos. They're watching Instagram stories. You know, they're, that's how they're engaging and finding people and and finding people to follow that they can relate to and that they enjoy. And it's just, it's kind of like an outlet to you. It's just a good place to yeah. go and be encouraged and maybe get a few laughs or even a few tears when you're relating with somebody else going through something that maybe you've been through. And right. I just, it's just, it really is my happy place. So let me ask you this, as you've started, you know, spending more time and more time on Instagram, how have you um, like kind of assessed what you're doing and say, you know, I like spending this time on stories or I'm going to jump over here to Instagram TV. Has it just been watching other people again and kind of going, you know, I'm going to give this a try because I have seen more videos out of you lately. And I think that's the interesting piece is, you know, I, I see you pushing yourself and getting outside of your comfort zone probably more and more, but, but it's showing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just it. I, I mean, I have tried to watch and learn and see what other people are doing as well, but, but, but I'm, but it's not like a chore either. I don't, if it gets to the point where it's just like with my YouTube videos, if 
if I didn't enjoy doing them, then I wouldn't put the time into it. And, um, and I mean, we have to be careful with that too, because we do have a million things going on and we've got families and we have things that we have to tend to. But the thing I like about Instagram and stories is that you can do those in little 10, 10 yeah. second snapshots of whatever you're doing and just, you know, sharing that. And it's not like it takes extra time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's not a time suck. It's not. To put yourself out there and share. And yes, I have found the more I get out of my comfort zone, the more I share things, maybe that, and that, that goes with my writing too. If I share something, maybe it's always like every time I publish a post where I'm kind of being a little more um, open or opening myself and sharing something more personal or I publish a YouTube video, like I'm, it's always a scary thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to put yourself out there. Oh yeah. But the more we do it, I just firmly believe, and I've said this a million times, and I'll keep saying it, I just believe that we all have so much more in common than we realize, and the more we share, the more we realize that, and the more people relate, and that's how connections are made. Yes, yes, uh, most definitely. I mean, it's so it's so hard to put yourself out there. Um, so do you work with, like, how, how have you learned how to, do you edit your own videos? You know, like, um, for those people out there yeah. listening, go, I, I want to like start putting myself out there more. Do you, did you just like jump in and learn it? I, sure. I have a feeling you did, but I, I don't know. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. And, and I'm not like this huge tech savvy kind of person. If something's hard, I'm not going to do it. Like if it's going to take me, well, I'm, I know that's not necessarily true. If I'm really, I'm, if I'm really committed to something, I'm going to learn it. But it has not been a hard process. I don't use fancy equipment. I use my phone. Mm-hmm. I upgraded to a better iPhone after Christmas that was on sale. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> and and it's, it's paid for itself now, but with what I've made back from my videos. So I use my phone and I use the editing software. It's called iMovie. It's on my Mac. Mm-hmm. And all Macs have it. And it was not. It's very user-friendly. I can edit a video in an hour or two from, you know, four or five days worth of little snippets of footage from my phone. And it just doesn't take me that long. Yeah. I could put more into it and make it more of a production, I guess. But what I've found is that people like what I'm doing and they're, you know, they're, it's, yeah. For now, it's fine. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll learn some new stuff or get a GoPro or get, I need a drone and all that kind of stuff. Would be super fun to have, but you don't have to start right. like that. I learned that with my photography too. That's yeah. right. Use what you got. You can start a photography business with a camera and a fifty millimeter lens, and you don't have to have all the fancy stuff. Yes, ma'am. Um, I, your heart's in it. I I always agree with you. I mean, I think the biggest thing is not equipment. It's putting it's putting right. yourself out there, paying attention to what else is going on, paying attention to what people are are watching, right? And and right. adjusting from there. Um, so you, we've been talking about Instagram. Tell me a little bit about your YouTube presence. Yes. Yeah, so that's something I started. Um, I guess my first video was a couple years ago, but I only did a couple. I did a, I did a silly video making biscuits and put it on Facebook. First time I'd ever done anything like that. And I got a pretty good response. And a lot of people said, you should do more of this. And I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. I mean, I was just being myself, which is, kind of ridiculous sometimes. So I, I started doing more of that. And then last, it was really last summer, I decided I was going to try to take it more seriously and be more consistent with it. And so uh, last fall with silage and hay, I had, I did some videos and those went off really well. And I just started 
after that, I tried to keep it up at least three or four videos a month. And now I'm every five to seven days. I strive to do that. And my growth there, I had a hay video this spring that went kind of nuts for me. It went nuts. (laughs) I didn't know what was happening. And um, so that was fun. But there, you know, with that too, I have to kind of just take a step back and um, just kind of going with it. We'll see what happens. But it's fun. Yeah. Well, if you've got a few more minutes, I'd love to bring you back in our last segment because I have a few more questions I want to okay. ask you. Okay, good. So sure. everybody stick with us. Meredith will be back because I, I want to hear a little bit more. Obviously, we could talk all day. So we'll be right back here on Shining Bright with Meredith Bernard. Next week on Shining Bright, you won't want to miss this. I know so many of you out there are engaged in county fairs and state fairs all across every dirt road, every rural part of this country. There is a fair somewhere and we love fairs. We're going to be visiting a few of them and you're going to hear from some young people, some old people, everything in between about what they are doing at their local fair. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are back here in the wrap up with Meredith Bernard. And I am just so proud um, to to see all of the things you're doing. I'm, I'm honored to know you. I think it's such a cool thing Aww. to put yourself outside of your comfort zone and share your story. And, and I love how it's happened organically because I, I know that's not an easy thing to put yourself out there, but you've done it. And and. Um, I know, you know, you reach out to people and you say, hey, like, let's talk, like, let's, let's see what we can do together. And that's, I feel like one of the biggest things out there. So Meredith, you have experienced a lot of growth on your uh, media platforms and in your writing, and the other things that you're doing over the last few years. Tell me one big thing that you are proud of. Let's see one big thing I'm proud of. Um, I guess the, the biggest thing is just the fact that some of the things I say and put out there encourage other women to just mm-hmm. keep going or to share more of their own story and share their real. Cause I think that's what it comes down to. There's so much um, fake in the world. You know, there's, there's lots of Kardashian Ugh. out there, but um, we need more, we need more real. We need more people not afraid to share their real because we're all real. Like we all have our junk yeah. and none of us have it together. And if, if that's all that somebody's showing, that's, um, it's just not true. So it just, I think that's the biggest thing is to be able to encourage people. And that's what I hope I can keep doing. Of course. Well, I, I have a feeling that plays right into my next question of what keeps you motivated? Because I know on the backside with some of these things, right? Like overall, some days you're like, Oh, I need to do this, but I don't really feel like doing it. Like, I don't feel like being putting the camera on myself. I don't feel like telling people about the big mess that I just created Uh or whatever, you know, (laughs) I mean, it happens though. So what is it that keeps you motivated? Yeah, well, that's definitely true. There's definitely those days. And some of those days are the days I'm quieter and I just go and and read and listen to other people and get filled back up (laughs) so I can turn around and do it again the next day. So, yeah, that's my biggest motivation would be just to be able to keep doing what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be able to help people, to encourage people. It, It sounds trite, I guess, but it really is my driving force. 
I just want to be an encourager. I just think we need more of that. We, I need it. We all do all the time. I agree. People are people will say to me, you know, is do you think there will be a need for farm her in like, you know, five years? And like, oh my gosh, yes. Like we all need to be encouraged all of the time. Like if I don't have it like right. on a regular basis, Daily. I start to fall mm-hmm. off the, the path, right? Like I'm like, oh, exactly. uh. so yeah, yes. I, I think exactly. the biggest thing we can we do need is each other. be out there for each other. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. on that note, um, do you have a, like a regular struggle that you deal with that you, you know, you have to like push yourself through, um, you know, I, I know we all do mine. I like, I still struggle to put myself out there and gosh, we've done like 130 radio episodes and 80 TV episodes mm. and whatever else. And I still struggle to like walk up and say hi to somebody and like put myself out there. So I know we all have them. Do you I have a, something that on the backside yeah. you have to push yourself at? Um, I mean, I struggle with that too. And I think there's tons of times. Yeah. I struggle with believing in myself, which yeah. sounds silly, no, I guess. I'm with but you. Believing I'm, I'm the, I'm really good at putting myself down. And, and like you say, even though you've done all these radio shows and stuff, or I was that way with time. Yeah. I've done a hundred or some weddings, but everyone that would be like, I can't do this. I, I stink. Yeah. And then, and another struggle real quick would be to just, uh, and I think all of us women, especially with social media, deal with this is just a comparison game and just, just learning to be happy with who you are and, you know, live into yourself and be the best you can be. And, and just, that just goes back with encourage, you know, back to encouraging other women. And I just feel like we're so much better together than we are tearing each other down or just constantly comparing ourselves to one another. We're all unique. And we all have our own gifts and our own abilities. And, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm human. And so that kind of thing creeps up and happens sometimes. And it just, social media just makes it easier yeah. for us to live in that little bubble sometimes. So yeah. days I have to struggle with that. Uh, you and probably everyone else there, else out there listening, me included, just this morning we went yeah. out for a run and I saw, I'd seen something on social media that was bothering me. And I'm like, why am I letting this bother me? You know, like it, it's just one of those things that it, it's really? always there, but knowing other people like go through that too, I think it just helps you go, okay, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm not, you know, super special over here in, in the wrong way. Exactly. Um, okay. <laughs> so we are out of time again, but uh, real quick, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. It's really easy. This, not the, this farm life, um, that's Instagram, Facebook. You can Google that um, or search that on YouTube. That's where you'll find my channel. And Twitter, this farm life, everything's this farm life, so that makes it pretty easy. Well, Meredith, please do come find me, connect with me. Yes, you heard me here. And keep keep being awesome. I love watching your stuff. It makes you me too, feel like Margie. I get to see you uh, much more regularly. I hope you all enjoyed this Shining Bright by Farmher. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmher. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM's Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. And now, go shine bright.